Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Buenos tardes, mi amigo. Hola, my good friends. Cinco de mayo on Tuesday. And I hoped we'd see each other again. Hey, everybody. Buenos dias, indeed. It is Mikey Likes You, the greatest health and wellness podcast on the planet, according to me. Um, very excited about today's episode, talking to an 11-year pro NFL lineman, Nick Hardwick, who has now retired and devoted his life to health and wellness, at Nick Hardwick on Instagram and Twitter. Very interesting, very smart guy. He developed the Lose Like a Lineman program because he was over 300 pounds at the end of his career and had to do something to figure out how to lose the weight, but also do it in a healthy fashion and to um, maintain not only his physical health, but to kind of improve or maintain his uh, emotional and physical health. And when you're talking about that kind of weight, it's it's a whole different ballgame. And uh, I was very honest with him that I said, you know, sometimes I feel a bit odd talking to people who are dramatically overweight because the biggest I've ever been in my life is like 200 pounds. And that was kind of on purpose. So I don't know the, I don't directly understand the struggles that come with losing an exorbitant amount of weight. But Nick does, and he did it well, and he did it properly, and he did it, I will be honest, the hard way, but I think the healthy way. He founded the Lose Like a Lineman program, which is useful for anyone, uh, females, little people, it doesn't matter. Um, it's just a very, very practical, very well thought out way to um, develop and maintain good habits for, for weight loss and wellness. He also has the Hardwick Life podcast. And again, he is at Nick Hardwick on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, speaking of football, Super Bowl, come on. It's time, baby. It's time. Tampa Bay, the first team in history to play for the title on their home field. Currently a three and a half point underdog against the Kansas City Chiefies. Looking for a back-to-back title? Hmm. The first time in almost two decades. Bet online is where you need to be. Hundreds of props on the game, including game MVP, margin of victory, even the length of the national anthem. That's one of my favorite things about the Super Bowl is that you can bet on preposterous things. And if you're going to make a bet, if you're going to have some fun with it, there's only one place to go. And that's our friends at Bet Online. Always available online or on your mobile device. Visit Bet Online today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Um, yeah, so here's the deal with Nick. There's so many people out there with abs and something to say. And social media has given a voice to everybody, which in in one regard is kind of beautiful. When I think about all that I had to go through to get on the radio and to, to develop a following to then have people actually listen to what I had to say, I think it's great that people can just have access to voice their opinions. But as you, the consumer of said information, um, it makes it very difficult to filter out the, the BS from the good. And not only is Nick uh, 
a source of great information. He's just a really squared away guy. And there's a different mentality. There's a just a different way of looking at life when you were able to be in the NFL for 11 seasons and to and to I mean be a a pro bowl pro bowl quality player this man understands discipline this man understands willpower this man understands adversity also this is a man who had to learn to be in touch with his feelings much like we've talked about with uh, military veterans, especially American military veterans or, or active duty military, you work so hard to divorce yourself from your emotional side so that you can thrive in your professional field. And that's exactly why they are so successful at what they do. But sometimes when that lifestyle ends and you go back into the real world, you realize that even identifying despondency or struggle emotionally um, becomes something that's so foreign and so difficult. And you have to work to be able to encounter that in a healthy way. And you can't just walk it off. <laughs> Things like uh, depression, um, significant amounts of, or, or, or addiction to, to food, uh, addiction to drugs or alcohol. Um, these are things that you can't, you can't just fight through. Um, so, I found this to be a really, really enlightening conversation, and I enjoyed talking to Nick very, very much. And right before we get to that, I want to tell you about something else that I really am passionate about. You guys know I'm passionate about it if you've been listening to this show for any amount of time, and that is nicotine. Such a misunderstood drug. It really is in and of itself when it's taken away from the unhealthy uh, tobacco delivery systems, whether it be chewing or smoking or vaping, whatever it may be, nicotine is actually fantastic. And Lucy is one of the best ways, if not the best way, to get your nicotine. It's a company founded by Caltech scientists, former smokers themselves, looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, there's a tobacco alternative that does not suck, and it's Lucy lozenges and gum. This stuff is awesome. Wintergreen, cinnamon, pomegranate, they all taste great. They give you four milligrams of nicotine, which is a great dose. It can help with so many things, including cognitive function, um, appetite regulation. There's even a nice metabolic boost. Mikey, like you, Mikey likes you listeners. Go to lucy.co and use promo code Mikey, M-I-K-E-Y. Get 20% off all products, including gum and lozenges. That's lucy.co. Use promo code Mikey, M-I-K-E-Y, at checkout. Also, I must give this disclaimer. This product contains nicotine derived from tobacco nicotine is an addictive chemical lucy.co be sure to use the promo code mikey all right so you've heard me bloviate about how awesome nick is here we are nick hardwick let's do it uh welcome to the podcast uh an 11 year pro bowl NFL lineman, a man who now is devoting his time to helping you get in shape in the fashion that I like to promote, preventing you from becoming skinny fat. He is actually teaching people how to do it in a proper, very practical way. And he knows what it's like to be a big, big person and to get into shape. He is Nick Hardwick. Thank you for joining me, man. Mikey, thank you for having me on. I appreciate this a lot. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I really do appreciate you coming on and talking because 
oftentimes I'll have people ask me questions and people wanting my insight on like dramatic amounts of weight loss. And I go, I like at my biggest, I was 200 pounds, you know, I'm not a big person. Right. And I feel really almost inappropriate telling someone who's 350 pounds, like, dude, it's, oh, it's just stay the course. It's going to be fine. You know, um, as someone who hey, just, you're like, just cut out a hundred calories here and there. Everything yeah. will be fine. You'll drop a half pound a week. And yeah, it's going to take your you food, uh, start walking a little bit. You'll be fine. Um, it'll take you three years to get there. But as someone who not only was, was massive over 300 pounds, but also you had, you had for your livelihood had to be committed to staying that big. Yes. What, what is the kind of the approach both mentally, emotionally, physically into then wrapping your head around that? I'm not going to be an NFL lineman anymore. I need to do something about my size. Yeah. So there's a lot there to unpack. I mean, at my highest, I was 308 pounds. That was coming off of a foot surgery that required a plate, seven screws, three wires in there. And all I did was lift and train the leg that I could. And I was non-weight bearing for 12 weeks. So I was turned into a huge hulk of a man. It wasn't comfortable by any means, but I do understand the plight of somebody who's larger that, you know, has tons of excess weight, how uncomfortable it is to just exist during the day, let alone right. go out and try to fight somebody, which was like you mentioned, it's a job requirement to be an NFL lineman. You have to carry a certain amount of mass, right? Because force equals mass times acceleration. So the bigger you get, and if you can continue to move it with speed, you're going to be able to inflict damage on the opponent. But we always, it, plenty of coaches would say the same thing. And there's been a great trend going in the National Football League kind of since right around when I got out in 2014 until it's becoming more prominent now, which is just fantastic to be a part of that wave is guys are losing weight when they get done playing. Guys are finding a way to get it off and it's all over the place. And Jeff Saturday, Matt Burke, Alan Fanica, Eric Wood, Joe Hawley, uh, Joe Thomas. I mean, there's a lot of guys who have put in great work, have lost a lot of weight. And all of us kind of have a common thing in that one of our coaches at one point or the uh, another goes, hey, you know, when you're done playing, you go one way or another. You're either going to get big, you're going to be 350 pounds, or you're going to get skinny and be about 230 pounds, which is where I reside right now. And so for me, immediately when I got put on injured reserve, after week one, Monday night football in my 11th season, I was going to retire after the year. Anyway, I wanted a really good, strong push at a Super Bowl championship and just finish the way that most players would dream of finishing. Of course, it, it very rarely happens, but I got put on an injured reserve because of a neck injury. And immediately I said, okay, this is it for the career. And I have to start transitioning out of the career, which the first step for me is physical health. I have to take care of my physical health, which means getting to a reasonable body weight, getting to a body that I'm happy to live in. And probably most importantly for football players is a body that will allow me to take care of my brain. And what I mean by that is when you're carrying around excess body weight, you're deteriorating your joints at a rapid rate, three to four times the force for every excess pound that you're carrying goes to your hips, your knees, your ankles, your feet, all of those little joints in there, they're taking a pounding and yeah. they are degenerating quickly. Well, what does that mean? Well, down the line, you're not gonna be able to exercise frequently, which pumps fresh blood and oxygen 
up to our brains. And I didn't play high school football. I ended up walking on in college, but total between my three years in college and my 11 years in the NFL training camps, off season workouts, all of that, it ended up being 30,000 hits to the head. So for me, the primary driver for losing the weight was so I could continue to work out for an extended time as I'm working through life. So my hips don't need replaced, my knees don't need replaced, and I can continue to pump that fresh blood and oxygen up to my head because plenty of people tell you the best book that I've read on it is Spark. It's Dr. John Rady. He's a Harvard doctor. Uh, and he will tell you that the only scientifically proven way to stave off neurocognitive decline, which all football players and contact sports guys should be afraid of is through exercise. And so exercise is the key ingredient, but you got to get the weight off first. And I don't think those two necessarily go hand in hand. I don't think when, and this is kind of a common misnomer when people go, all right, I got to get my weight off. I got to sign up for a gym membership. It's like, no, no, no you need to get your nutrition in check. Yeah, You need to walk a little bit more. You need to stay active throughout the day and then work out when you can or when your body's able to safely do that. Then get the workout because long-term, yes, the workouts, you have to have them for the heart health, for the brain health, to stay strong and able. You have to be able to work out. But I would contend for a lot of people trying to lose weight that exercising is actually counterproductive to weight loss, especially when we're talking about people who are trying to lose big weight, who have perhaps some eating issues that has allowed them to get into the obesity classification. Right. I I couldn't agree more. And I, I try to hammer that home to people because, you know, and I feel like I do in in a weird way, almost accidentally talk out of both sides of my mouth because I'll put up a video of me doing deadlifts and, you know, like a rowing interval session. Right. But then I tried to tell people, I was like, listen, exercise isn't your best friend when it comes to losing weight, you know? So, because I, you know, it's, it's frankly not very exciting to put up a picture of me, like weighing my bison and fucking, you know, like, yeah. you, Ezekiel bread? <laughs> yeah. you know, so I, yeah. that's Here's what people, that's what they don't yeah. see, you know, and, um, and so many, especially, I think, especially Americans, they, they immediately think like, I'm out of shape. I, I feel overweight. I want to lose weight. I got to start. I'm going to go sign up for Barry's boot camp or whatever. And I was like, Oh, you slowly roll here. I'm not saying don't exercise, but I'm saying you have a hundred pounds to lose. You really got to get your nutrition in check. And it's much more than just eat, eat this, don't eat that. Like you have an issue with the food that you put in your mouth, you know, and, and, and And habits, habits and signaling and responses to those signals. And then being able to construct a day where you set yourself up for success later in the day. I've got a lot of people on this program that I started lose like alignment that have trouble with night cravings and Mm -hmm. being able to slow down their food consumption at night. Well, Part of their problem is that they're not front loading any protein in their into their life. So their body's actually chasing protein because it's after a little amino acid. It's not a huge deal for anybody, but there's this hypothesis that your body will continue to search for food until it finds enough protein and more specifically until it finds enough leucine. And once it finds that level that it's 
can say, okay, check the box. We're good. We've had enough to eat. You can move on and not worry about eating anymore. Then people are going to continue to return to the pantry and stuff their face with processed foods because they haven't put the right nutrients in their path early in the day. So later in the day, they're having failures. And there's a lot of little things like that that go into people's success and failures and diet. But It's just a matter of giving people the right tools to combat their specific and their special flaws that they've kind of developed or they fell into based on the the house that they grew up in or the environment that they were in or the culture that they're a part of. It's like there are tools and tricks and techniques for every issue that you're having out there. It's just a matter of learning those and finding them and kind of keeping that tool in your tool belt and go okay, there's a healthier option than this right now. So I want this. How can I satiate that desire, get the dopamine reward that I'm looking for, but also balance that out with some health? I think, you know, you were almost in a more difficult position than just someone who was generally overweight in that there was not only did you have this weight to lose, but then you're stuck kind of psychologically with this lack of, an extreme experience that you were devoted to for, you know, yes. close to two decades. Yeah. The, I mean, the idea of going to a stadium full of 80,000 people on a Sunday and 200 times smashing into another 300 and something pound dude and yeah. getting into a, a re- essentially a 20 second wrestling match that there has to be almost nothing else on earth that can compare to that feeling (laughs) chemically what goes on with your life for Uh, for so long. And then you have to not only lose, you know, 80 pounds and a hundred pounds, you have to become someone who deals with life. That's now normal. Was there a real kind of psychological adjustment to trying to be that guy? Yeah. And I'm glad you brought me back to this point. And, And the greater point that you're trying to make is about identity And what happens when you transition, I think from any field, but professional athletes really struggle with this and nobody's going to throw a pity party for a pro athlete who had an 11 year career, right. And got everything you wanted out of it. But there is a transition period that goes on and mine lasted anywhere, uh, varying degrees of success for like three to five years. And then I could say after that five-year window, my goodness, is life beautiful? And I wake up joyful every day. And it's just, I'm filled with different chemicals now than I was then where it was the most intense sensations you could possibly imagine. And you can't replace that spike that you get of adrenaline and dopamine that's firing through your body. Like I was so wound up playing in every game that I started, I threw up from college through the NFL before the game. I was just wired for sound. I had so much caffeine going on in me. I was anxious as hell. You don't want to mess up. You're on national TV. You got your name on your back. Your family's watching. And then I look across the field and I see this freaking bear of a man that is my responsibility for three and a half hours. And I got to keep him from that guy who's making $25 million. Otherwise I lose my job and my family's relocating. Right. So it's like all of that. And it was like, Oh, just throw up. But the thrill that comes from jumping off of that cliff, like it it really, if I could give people any sense of perspective of what it feels like, it's like if you're standing on an 80 foot cliff and there's a rock quarry filled with water down below and you're like, am I really going to do this? 
oh yeah, you're about to do that because you're paid to do that. But that feeling never gets better. It's like every week it was just, am I going to survive? Am I going to make it out of this alive? And then to lose that and then to lose kind of the identity that, and I knew the pitfalls, right? Like I knew you don't want to wrap yourself up into your job. I knew that. I've been the player rep with the union for nine out of my 11 years. And they kind of warned you of the dangers of getting so consumed in being a football player. So in my head, like what I would tell myself consciously, right, is I'm Nick Hardwick. I play football. And trying to stay away from, I'm Nick Hardwick, the football player. It turns out, and I found this out two months after I announced my retirement, I was Nick Hardwick, the football player, all along. And I missed it. And thankfully, thankfully for me, having lost all the weight, I had burnt all the bridges. Like, I could not go back any longer and go, hey, I'm still 290 pounds. I think I could still get the job done in there if my neck will hold up on me. And let me give it another year and let me go chase a paycheck and one more and one more and one more, right? It's like I had burnt that bridge. I had to deal with this loss, like of my former identity. I could no longer do it. I couldn't protect anybody. And that was, it was massive. I mean, that was a massive uh, transition and it was hard. Like, honestly, there was a moment two months after I retired, I announced at my retirement press conference, I was like, got a job already. You can listen to me on 101.5 KGB, the classic rock channel. I'll be spinning disc from three to 6 PM Monday to Friday. And like, I did that for two months and it was, it was fun, but it was not at all as engaging as being a football player. And, no, and no. They, <laughs> I can tell you firsthand being, a, oh. being spinning, spinning records on the radio is, <laughs> Nowhere near as fun as being in the NFL. And what I kind of figured out was there's no urgency. There's you lose that sense of urgency and and the hustle and like that. Hey, I've got a fight coming up with this dude who's six foot seven, 320 pounds. Like I better be in the weight room. I better be hustling. I better be. So there was all that. And then two months into this program, I remember I I broke down one Saturday morning and I came back into the house and I was outside and I was crying and I was telling my wife, I was like, I don't know what's going on with me. I am so lost. I'm so confused. I don't want to go to work anymore. I don't know why I don't want this job. And I was like, I'll give you all the money, but a million dollars. And I'm going to Nicaragua. Like I had never been to Nicaragua. I don't even, I couldn't even locate it on a map other than though it's in like Central America, but she looked at me and she had her one-year-old in her arms. And then the two-year-old was sitting or the three-year-old was over on the couch horsing around. And she looks at me and she's like, no, you're not like, no, you're with us. I've got these two. You're not leaving me alone. We're going to get you the help that you need. And essentially kind of the help was really just, it was one, it was going to get my blood work done and figuring out that hormonally I had fallen off the cliff. And I had been warned about this by a strength coach of mine who goes, Hey, when you're done, be extremely careful because you're going to have a hormonal dump and you're not going to know what's going on in your world. He's like, be extremely careful. There's a a little window after the season. And I was like, so that kind of hit me when she said, we need to get you help. I was like, I need to get my blood checked. So my male sex hormones were like that of a 92 year old man. And it was one because I didn't have the adrenaline pump and I wasn't banging the heavy weights like I was. And physiologically, I was just down in the dump. So we got that all sorted out. 
And then clarity started coming back, which is great. And then the radio station cluster that I had worked with called and they go, Hey, uh, we got a chargers broadcasting gig. Do you want to get back in with the team? And I was like, I'm so glad you called. Yes, I do. And then they said, and it, you don't have to do this, but we also have a, um, Monday to Friday, six to 9 AM, uh, sports talk radio show. And we'd love to have your name on the marquee. And I was like, all right, I'll do that too. And then, so it just, it was all football. It wasn't classic rock. It was more up pace. It, it just, it suited me better. So that really helped my transition into the real world. And it was, as my brother put it, it was like a nice soft landing out of into the next phase of my life. Yeah. And when you say getting the help you need, obviously, you know, you went through the blood work, mm-hmm. but uh, which I think was probably essential because like you said, like that strength coach told you, not only are you not getting that, that insane adrenaline boost uh, on a, yeah. a probably nightly basis in season and not training at such intensity, but the 30, 40,000 smashes into your head probably did some things to your brain chemistry yeah. that didn't allow you to generate testosterone, you know? It, it does. So what it does is it damages the pituitary stock. So the pituitary basically signals to the gonads to release testosterone. Well, it damages all those head hits damage the pituitary stock. They damage what they call the glial lymphatic system, which can flush things out. And so, yes, correct about that. And that's a lot of former players in contact sports and military veterans that have concussion issues we all have the same type of deal. And yeah. that is, that is from the concussive and the subconcussive blows for sure. And I mean, it is, it's, it is separate from someone in the military, but there is some kind of, mm-hmm. there's some coordination there with that, that feeling of uh, losing everything that your life kind of revolved around when you, when you yes. get out, but also on top of that, like I look at NFL players and professional fighters and, uh, cops, military, you know, I, I deal with them so often. A lot of times I'll, I'll train, I train a lot of like jujitsu with a lot of cops and military and they, they've spent so long kind of purposefully divorcing themselves from their own emotions so that they can be competent and successful in their professional life. But now when it's time that maybe it would be really helpful for them to get in touch with how they're feeling not only are they seemingly incapable, but they're aversive to it because it it seems like there's weakness there. And yes. I, I would have went, I would imagine like it must have been difficult to not only hear that you have the testosterone of a 90 year old man because you're like this quintessential alpha, you know? Right. But then also, did you have to, was there some transition period where you're like, okay, I need to act, ask someone for help. I need to talk about how I'm feeling and that is not cool with me. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. And it's funny because I'm going through an NFL transition coach uh, program right now. It's a 60 hour program and they kind of pick guys that they think would be suitable uh, mentors to guys that are transitioning out of the league and to help with this. And we just went through an unbelievable two hour meeting with he's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team psychologist. And he just taught us all about empathy, which you're right. Coming from the world that we were in, 
where you're taught that nothing hurts, you don't show weakness, you don't show pain, you don't share feelings, and really you don't ask questions. Like that's a, it's a really unusual position to be a professional athlete because rarely are you the question asker. Mm-hmm. You're the you're the answerer, right? So the media comes to you, got a million questions for you. You go out in public, people want to get to know you. They have questions that they've stored up for weeks or months or years, right? And they was like, hey, Nick, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. And you never get time to hone the craft of asking somebody a question and then listening to a response. And then the whole emotional component of that is, is so wild, like, putting yourself and I got good at this, listen, being on sports talk radio and then hosting my own podcast. It's like deeply listening to somebody and deeply connecting with where they're at and where their emotions are. And why is that? Why do you think that? What, you know, what could change there? Right? Like, so all of those things and becoming empathetic is something that we've been trained not to do. Right. Right don't have empathy. Like, cause if I'm going to be an empathetic person, the thought in football would be, well, then I feel bad about, you know, breaking the will of my opponent or pressing on when our player gets hurt. And they, the famous saying in football would be like, move the drill up five, you know, at practice, a guy gets hurt. It's like, move the drill up. We don't care who it is. You get 20 seconds. Trainers will be there. And then we're moving the drill up. Cause we got to get on with this. Right. That's not, that is not empathetic at all. Right. So you're a hundred percent spot on with that is like, not only is it not natural for a lot of guys to admit that they need help, but it's also trained out of you to not ask for help unless it's for technique to help the team get better. Right. And I just think, I think like uh, there's obviously immense benefit to the kind of, Hey, walk it off mentality of like, no matter what happens to me, my toes are still tapping, you know, my toes are still tapping and I'm ready to go. Let's do this. I'm going to bury that feeling. But yep. alternatively, there has to be some balance because eventually depression or anxiety or addiction is is going to come to the point and you yes. can't you can't walk that off, you know? And yes. I just feel like it's so I feel so you know, empathetic to these professional athletes or these like, you know, real traditional alpha males because you know, like I said, I'm not in any way poking fun or trying to be dismissive about like the classic American John Wayne attitude of like, Hey man, suck it up and deal with it. Yes. But it has its limitations, you know, and it's kind of, it it serves its purpose for sure, but it has its limitations as well. Yeah. It, there's no doubt about that. I was thinking about that this morning because I follow some of the guys that I'm sure everybody follows, like David Goggins. I follow David Goggins. And and there's so many times that I want to have a conversation with David and be like, David, what's your end game in this? Like, where are you going to go when your body's broken down and you can't physically will yourself any further? Like, what are you going to do with that? Like, where, what, what's the next step here? Because that is the John Wayne mentality. It's like, yeah. suck it up, buttercup. We got to move along. It's like, that's great, but we also have to evolve, right? There's there's so many stages in our development as as we go through life. Like as a kid and as a young boy, all I wanted to do was conquer. It was like conquer and conquest and right. tell somebody I'm better than them and all of those phases. And then it's like, I don't have any interest in conquering anything anymore. And I don't think I should. Like I, I feel beyond that. I got that all out of my system. And now it's like, 
can't we collaborate? Like, can't we be friends? Like there's gotta be more to life than standing on top of the hill, isolated and lonely as the hero and going, I'm the man, look at this guy. It's like, no, 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 you can, you can help other people. And I don't mean to like badmouth badmouth Goggins because he's reaching certain people and a lot of people I'm sure where they are and giving them what they need at that time. But I do think there's, you have to shift out of that. I'm just going to outwork everybody and outwill everybody because that's, it's frankly like it's not that effective for a lot of people. Well, it, it, to, and it, it, it's great on paper for a lot of things. But like I said, there's th- this collection of things that you just can't outwork. You know, you can't outwork a food addiction. You can't outwork psychological issues or, or emotional issues. You can't outwork, you know, your wife leaving you or losing your job. There's no working through that yeah. emotionally yeah, and psychologically. You, you, don't, you, know? you don't outwork your drug addiction. Yeah, yeah. that's. There's so many, and if you're not able to process the emotions properly, there's no getting around that. And that's probably when we're talking about it, it's like when you're talking about addiction, when you're talking about relationship problems, when you're talking about anything that you're hung up on, a lot of it really is being able to correctly identify your emotions around the situation and then your reaction to that emotion that you've gotten from that input. Uh, it is called Lose Like a Lineman. You can find all of it at Nick's podcast. He is at Nick Hardwick on Instagram and Twitter as well. The Hardwick, Hardwick Life podcast available everywhere podcasts are available. Um, you were talking about identity, you know, and I was curious if there was a built-in identity of, hey, I'm Nick Hardwick. I'm supposed to be 300 pounds even though maybe your left brain says I need to lose weight, it's probably hard to deal with, especially, you know, starting in college to then having an 11 year career in the NFL as a lineman, which is, is really, I mean, that's a lengthy amount of time. It's gotta be hard to just identify yourself as the guy who then can't lift up a Volkswagen, sure. you know, cause I, yeah. I'm not a big man, but at the same time, I, when I was into powerlifting and I got competitive at it, like, I got to the point when I started to be on TV and stuff. And then people started to write me checks, like uh, to continue to be on TV. I was like, I can't really have like a 50 inch chest and be on television. I look like a fat guy. (laughs) But then, but there was like the, there was a real problem in not deadlifting 600 pounds. Like for me, I was like this, I'm, I'm really having a hard time even just admitting that that's not me anymore. Is that kind of the case for you where you're, you're no longer a, a superhero, you know? Exactly. And that's, think about that being a superhero. I think a lot of young boys would, that resonates with like, all I wanted as a kid was to be in some fashion or another, a superhero. Mm -hmm. Like you, I, you idolize all these guys who go through the hero's journey. And like, for me, I loved looking at bodybuilding magazines and I was like, they are superheroes, but they're human too. And I, you know, every athlete I ever watched was like, who would you want to be? I want to be Bo Jackson because he's a superhero. So you do get that in my own way. I had superhero like qualities, like all professional athletes do. And mine happened to be, I was able to move people against their will and I was able to stop them from coming through me. And you could, you could lift a crazy amount of weight. And when you walked into a room, this to your point is you're the big man. And everybody turns and looks at the big, strong guy. And they're like, what's that guy do? Right. right. And that's, there's an identity. Yeah. 
there's an identity there and there's a presence there. And it's like an energy that when you walk into the place, Hey, like I'm going to stop the room and you kind of anticipate that. And I've so many of my friends, so many former linemen that I played next to, that's one of their main issues from losing weight to stop them from losing weight is I still like being the big man. I still Mm -hmm. like walking into that room and everyone goes, Oh yeah, don't want to mess with him. And I'm like, it was cool when you were 27, 28, but you're closing in on 40. Like, what are you going to do with it? The minute somebody wants to start something with you, you're going to lose all of your money. You know, it's, it doesn't really pay to be the big man, but there is that threshold to cross of, I got to find something new. And then really when it comes back to, you bring it back to the emotions is like, who am I? Yeah. Who am I without that? Who am I? And then what fuels me? Like what, what am I passionate about now? Like other than football, which I'm clearly not able to do anymore and fighting people not able to do, can't run out of the tunnel. Can't do, you know, it's like, so what gets me going now? Like what's going to get me out of bed? And, you know, once you kind of seal in on an identity, or I think probably the first step would be find purpose. You know, it's like, what do I like to do? This is my purpose to get me out of bed for the next week, for the next month. And then that purpose can shift. And then as it does a little bit, because I do believe to have success in anything, you have to embody it, right? It's like, you got to be all in. I tried my best to keep myself different from my football career, but at the end of the day, I had so much success because I was. You would eat, sleep, and breathe football, yeah. Everything. Everything I did in my life was geared towards that. I would take practice footwork around my house and in the hotel room and getting on buses, and I would work on my toe angle and my thumbs and stupid things like punching walls and doors at the house and not hard enough to punch holes in them, but that was part of it. And so I really do believe to find a reasonable amount of success or amount of success that I would like in my life, you have to be a little bit maniacal about it and full of passion. And that passion is the purpose. And then the purpose gives you the identity. And then once you've got that kind of hammered out, then look out. Like here comes yeah, success. and I, it's really strange too because I've found, and I'm sure you found in 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 your line of work, and also just in the circles that you would run with, you know that that big guy. I mean, I'm not, I'm no longer superhuman. I found like identity. Oftentimes, sometimes you can have it like a, a negative identity that you don't want to get rid of. I mean, I I see it. I saw it so much yeah. when I first got clean in like the young guy drug addict world. Obviously, you're like, well, I better stop smoking crack if I want to have a good life. I mean, that meth and crack are not conducive to happy life. But there was a part of me, a, a severe part of me that was like, I'm not dangerous anymore. I'm just a right. normie. You know, like, I'm not, I had, a, I'm not I had an identity that I was the guy that was like, well, if he comes along, shit, who knows what the fuck's going to happen? Because he's, you know, he may be smoking crack. He may take us to a dark alley to go buy crack and deal with criminals. And now I don't deal with criminal. And now I barely jaywalk and, and I feel like, oh, I'm not cool and dangerous anymore. And I see like a lot of overweight celebrities that end up losing the weight. They do whatever to, and it's beautiful. And then they're, they're the media and themselves. So oftentimes they're like, well, I'm not the fat, funny chick anymore. Am I, you know, can I be skinny, yeah. funny chick? You know, like it's, yeah. it's a really strange thing how we can even attach to negative shit to, to tether to. 
Oh, it's so true. Like uh, Jonah Hill. When yeah. Jonah was Jonah was working with Brad Pitt, he lost a ton of weight, and everyone's like, "Oh, bring back the fat Jonah!" Like, yeah. no, 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 you're you have the same spirit. You've got the same ability to be able to generate jokes and be funny. You can do that and be healthy at the same time. But maybe it's a, a I think it's a learning curve, right? It's like finding your space in the world and allowing yourself time to because the same person's in there. The same person that was on the football field and a fierce competitor and like maniacal about work and all the details, like that's still in me. That's still who I am, but yeah. it has shifted directions. And I'm in, in a new vector. Now I'm in the opposite of denting my head in on a daily basis. <laughs> I'm trying to preserve my life on a daily basis, but it it's the same spirit. Like the spirit doesn't change. Some of the thought processes change and the work changes and, Yes, the identity changes a little bit, but you can still tap into that spirit that's in you regardless. You talk so about, it is, it's sad for me to see that. Right, right. Yeah, I agree, I, I, I agree completely. And I think they, I'll let you go. I, I just they, want to ask one quick question. Yeah. You talked about finding that purpose, and I, I agree. It's like, who, who, who are you if you don't have a, a reason to get out of bed in the morning? But I've always had a hard time describing how to do it you know, when people ask me the same, the same thing happens when like my single friends will see my wife and I together and they're like, how did you find love? I was like, I don't, I didn't really try. It just <laughs> kind of happened. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, I, okay. I, and I always say like, I think it's the same thing with, uh, with finding your purpose. If you wake up in the morning, you're like, today I'm finding my purpose. I don't know if it happens that way. It's more of just like try to live a quality life. And it, it's like a byproduct, you know, like you, as long as you're going, yeah. as long as you keep dancing, eventually you're going to find a song you like. That's exactly right. Yeah. So I started as the field reporter of the Chargers, went to color analyst, was hosted a radio show at the same time. And I like talking with people and I like interviewing people. And I was like, but I'm not really that into sports. Like I'm into health and wellness and I want to learn about the body and ability to rehabilitate it and bring it back and preserve it as long as we can. And I was like, so maybe I'll start a podcast. And so I started that on the side and then it turned into a supplement line. And I was like, how can I really help people? And, and people were reaching out asking how to lose weight. So I started this lose like alignment program and it's gone gangbusters. But you know, part of it is like, now I do Sunday zoom calls and I'm essentially hosting my own radio show. So all of it kind of together, like, would you think that you would go from being the color analyst of a football team to now running a health and wellness website and helping people lose weight? It's like, not really, but they do converge. And yeah. the one thing that, that I would say about like finding passion, it was like, find just a reason to wake up and get moving in the morning to, mm -hmm. to your point, really. It's like, for me, I can't wait to get up and I have a Pre, I have a, every morning I do the exact same thing. It's a preset schedule. I wake up and it's like, man, I can't wait to do that. I just can't wait to do that. And some people it's a cup of coffee. Some people it's matcha green tea. Some people it's go for a walk or for get me, a little light stretch. It's immediately the first thing I do. And I can't wait to get my phone and Pornhub and see, you know, start my day you off. Just, right. Yeah. Hey, what, however you're going to start your day. Yeah. Right. But I that's put myself in the right mind frame. Find a reason to wake up. Yeah. <laughs> um, at Nick Hardwick on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, that's where I think the best place to go to find out everything going on in his life, yes. the Hardwick Life Pod. And also the Lose Like a Lineman 
program, which is is fantastic. And I don't think you have to be six foot six and 340 pounds to glean a lot of positive information about this. This is, is great. I think this really, really great, solid information. A lot of the information you've hear, heard me talk about over and over again about you know, just stay moving, upping the protein, uh, yep. changing the habits in a slow basis and really revamping things from the from the inside out. You can see that at lose like alignment. And then also, uh, you know, you females out there who are, who are like, hey, I just want to get toned up for the summer. This uh, this program is definitely appropriate for you as well. I, I just wanted to throw that out there. From well, what I can. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. By the way, I got to have you on my podcast. Anytime, man. Anytime, honestly. I, I, w- I want to hear your story as well because I know no, you've got a ton of ton of great information to share. It's not as exciting, but I, I'd be happy to tell it to you. Um, it's, it, it's super exciting. You just got to be empathic about it. All right. Well, thank you. I do yeah. appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. your your empathy, even if it is faux. Um, it's not. <laughs> it is not. Oh, uh, podcast 20 for 20% off of everything at hardwick.life. That's the website where the Lose Like Alignment program's at. So podcast in the number off. 20 podcast 20. All right. Perfect, man. And thank you. I sincerely appreciate it. Thanks so much, dude. Yeah. Thank you, Mikey. Again, you can find information about this man at at Nick Hardwick on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Lose like alignment program. Very cool stuff. Very informative, very enlightening. Um, And this man, like I said, he knows what he's talking about when it comes to losing a lot of weight and doing it the right way. As always, if you'd like, please support me at Patreon. Patreon, uh, just search for Mike Catherwood. That is, in fact, my name. I have three tiers, and it offers you different levels of assistance and help and insight when it comes to health, wellness, and habit developing. And with all tiers, you get the bonus pod, which is my way of just elaborating on the things that I talk about here on the podcast and getting even more geeky, if that's something you're looking for. And remember... In this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares, I do. Be good, people. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.